From the ashes of the brutal 9-11-2001 attacks, a positive spirit to unite, overcome, and help others blossomed. On this episode of Making Our World Better, Denver legend Big Bill Fickey shares how he keeps that spirit alive some 21 years later, and how he has used that spirit and some of the world's greatest pizza to raise millions of dollars to help thousands of people. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Hi, welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast today. I am Jay Clark, and I'm excited to welcome my friend and Denver icon, Big Bill Fickey. Uh, Before we bring Bill in, we'll make an introduction. Bill grew up in Long Beach, New York where he fell in love with the game of basketball on the street courts there. After initially enrolling to play basketball in the early 60s at Belmont Abbey College in Charlotte, North Carolina, Vietnam War compelled Bill to put his education on hold and serve his country by joining the U.S. Air Force. After four years of service, Bill returned to Belmont Abbey where he earned a spot on the Dean's List for Academic Achievement and graduated in 1968. And rather than immediately pursue a career in basketball, Bill fortunately took a position with Allstate Insurance, which is where he met the love of his life, Joanne, who would become his wife in 1973. Bill and Joanne relocated to Denver in 1975 as Bill decided to realize an entrepreneurial dream of opening a sports-related business, Fleet Feet. He spent two years as an assistant coach with Doug Moe and the Denver Nuggets from 1982 to 1984 and was the first head coach for the Kansas City Sizzlers of the Continental Basketball Association. After 20 years of growing Fleet Feet and serving as coach and advanced scout for numerous NBA teams, Bill opened Big Bill's New York Pizza in 1995. So while Bill has always been a charitable giver through his church and businesses, he became the president of the Harold and Carol Pump Foundation in Los Angeles in the early 2000s. While serving the Pump Foundation, the 9-11 terrorist attacks on New York uh, served as an inflection point for Bill and his calling to make an even bigger difference. Shortly after that tragic day, Bill mobilized Big Bill's New York Pizza to host a day of giving fundraiser to help fallen New York firefighters, some of whom Bill knew personally. Uh, Since then, the 9-11 Day of Giving has raised nearly $2 million to help countless families in the fight against cancer, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Denver icon Big Bill Fickey may originally have earned his name Big Bill from being six feet seven inches tall, but anybody who knows him (laughs) knows the big and Big Bill clearly stands for the size of his heart. Bill, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Jay. Way too, way too much uh, praise there. I'm, I'm just uh, a great intro. Guy. It's a great <laughs> intro. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about how you've used Big Bills to, to make uh, our world better. So take us back to 2011, 2001, when the day after the Broncos and the Giants played the first ever game at Empower Field, what is now Imperial Field, one of the worst days in U.S. history happens. And as a New York native, what was your personal connection? Well, what, what happened really that, that day, about, I think it was about 8.45 our time in Denver, a friend of mine calls me and says, hey, the plane went into the towers. And I said, oh, what are you kidding me? And I hung up on him. And about five minutes later, I, woke, I, I said, geez, I gotta go. I went downstairs, turned on the TV, just as that second plane went into the yep. towers. So came over to the store, and that day, 
almost everybody in this place was from New York. Uh, and they wanted to tell their story and they wanted to hear other people's stories. And at the end of the day, we looked at it and we said, you know what, we have to do something. We really have to you know, do something positive here. So a week later, we held our first 9-11 day of giving. And we, uh, that day, we raised $35,000. And we sent all that money to New York to the Fireman's Fund and, uh, to help the people. And then about, uh, you know, the next day after that, a good friend of mine, a fireman, they lost six uh, firemen in their, in their house. And he tells me, we're doing a fundraiser for the families. So I said, we gotta do it again. Yeah. So we turned around, did it again, and we raised another thirty-five thousand dollars, and we sent that right to that firehouse. And this was in the span of a couple months. This was in the span of three weeks. Three weeks. Wow. Yes, in three weeks. So at the end of that one, I said, we need to do this every year, but we need to do it in a way that we honor all of those who died. We don't want to bring back morbid memories to everybody. Right. So we want to, whatever we're going to do, we're going to do to honor everyone, the firemen, the policemen, you know, the, the, the civilians, all those people that yeah. died. So the very next year, we had unbelievable support from friends, sportscasters, TV guys. Tom Green was one of our biggest, biggest, and it still is one of our biggest supporters. Yep. And with that, we had an unbelievable, you know, success. And I think I want to say we might have raised like sixty or seventy thousand dollars that year. And what we said was, we're not going to send it to New York. We're going to keep it here to help the people in, de in in our community because that's who's donating the money. Right. So I think in, in those days we we uh, used to give it to a school up in North Denver for. Uh, uh, children that the, that the courts had taken away from parents and and we gave it to um, what the heck was the other one there were two anyway two charities so we did that well seven years later when my wife died I said we need to start a foundation right. for cancer right so we started the no the first year right the first year we gave it to the we called the lymphoma leukemia society and we said, we'd like to give this money to you, but right. the money has to stay in Denver. Right. And the lady said, well, as long as there's more than $10,000, we'll, you know, <laughs> we'll, we can do that. Right. So I said, oh, it'll be more. So we did it. The very next year, now my wife had died, so we were still going to give it to lymphoma leukemia. Right. But I get a call, like in June, and uh, they said, well, we can't guarantee it'll stay in Denver. I said, well, we can't give you the money. So there was a gentleman named Phil, he worked for Morgan Stanley. He used to bring his customers here every day for lunch. Right. And I grabbed him. I said, hey, I need to form a 501 c And do you know anybody could help us? So he, he gave us this lawyer. And I went over to him. And I, I had, all the, I had all, the, all the startups that we did for the California right. uh, pump, and, uh, right. uh, pump Foundation. So I, I went in. And I said, here. All you got to do is change it to Colorado. And he says, no, it doesn't work that yeah, way. It doesn't work different. that way. But I was trying to say, I knew it was going to cost seven, $8,000. Right. Well, anyway, he did it. By, by the September 1st, we had the, 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 the uh, foundation, right. or the, the tax writer right. the thing. And so I, how much do I owe you? And he said, Bill, you're doing something good. I'm not, I, no charge. Wow. This, and I say this because I'm trying to tell you, these are the kind of people 
in the neighborhood that we live in, in right. our community. Yep. And so we started and we st- we gave it to the Joe N. B. Ficking Foundation. And then I want to say maybe seven or eight years ago, all of a sudden we were raising anywhere from 120 to 150. Yeah. It's been amazing and, how it's grown. And it was unbelievable. And, and, and one, guy, one year, one, a guy came in and said, Bill, I need to talk to you, but you're busy. So later on, a couple of weeks later, he came in. And this gentleman, who wants to be anonymous, he, he had gotten a, a, a children's cancer. I forget what the name of mm. it was, but it was rare in adults. Right. And while he was doing his chemo and all that stuff, he met a 16-year-old boy from Highlands Ranch. Right. And the kid didn't make it. Mm. So he wanted to help. So he came in and he said, Bill, whatever you're going to give the children's hospital out of your foundation will match. Wow. And that year, we, it so happened, we had a great, you know, we raised, I think, right. 145, and we were giving 20,000 to them. Right. And he matched it. Wow. And so that was 165. Wow. And again, the thing that you need to understand is the community we're in, they are the most generous people I've ever seen in my life. And they went, go out of their way on 9-11. They know right. it's gonna be busy. They know it's right. gonna be hours of waiting. Right. And they come. Yeah, it's it's really and, it's turned into a monster on that day. It, yes, it's, it has. It's a, it's crazy. I'm sure all the neighbors there mark it on their calendar. Like, oh my gosh, we just should be closed on that day. Exactly right. But take me back to how did you come up with the idea, and talk about what happens on 9/11, where people come in, and well, how how do you actually raise all this unbelievable well, amounts of money? The, the point of what we were going to do was, we want to let everybody come in. We used to say and eat free and then just donate. Right. But there are always some people that take advantage of the free part. <laughs> so we stop using that. And what you do is you come in and you eat. We show you what your check would have been. And every and you just tell us how much you want to donate. And that's how it works. So I mean, it's just even a conscious, it's, personal, it's, conscious right. choice of whatever you want whatever. to and, donate and, 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 in exchange and every, for your meal. Yeah, every single dollar, every penny goes to cancer. That day, the workers donate their salaries. We, 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 we get donations from uh, our, our, a couple of our suppliers, but, but we pay for all the, all the advertising, all the, all the food and all that stuff, but everything that the people donate goes to, to the Joanne B. Ficking Cancer Foundation. It's incredible. And it's grown to now where we have to bring in extra ovens to handle the takeout. Yep. I mean, it's, yep. it is just a, a, a beehive around here. Oh, it's amazing. It really is. What would you say has been the changes that you've seen in the event over the years? Well, we all know the biggest change was the pandemic. Yeah. And I, w- and I would tell you, with the pandemic, because we, uh, we couldn't have a full you know, restaurant. We had everybody had to keep six feet apart and this and that. Right. So what we did, we told every you know everybody that wanted to come on 9/11. We said no, we're not doing it. But we were lucky. It was the first year. It was a Friday. So what we did is, everybody that came in a restaurant, we donated everything. Wow. Everybody that worked, they right. donated their salaries. Right. And I think we raised that year, say sixty thousand dollars. Right. So all through takeout, all through all, all through takeout. No, uh, there and just was, no, people there, donating. There, there, were, there were some people in. Yeah, we had right. a small group. Right. But so I figured we also had a mailing list from some people that had given us checks right. and things like that, mm-hmm. and we had sent out all these all these uh, flyers about the about the right. thing. 
So 60, I said, boy, it'd be great if we get to 80, it'd be great. Well, Monday morning when the mail came, it filled the table of envelopes. That's awesome. And the total was $145,000. Wow. Isn't that That's incredible? That's the kind of people we have here. Well, it's also, I think it's a testament to the day itself. The day itself, everybody's got it circled in their calendar after... 22 years now they know it's coming and and you're right they're generous but let me take you back to um i don't want to dwell on it but when joanne passed what you know that that that's an inflection point to me it's like you can either go into a shell and be crushed over the loss or choose to really make something positive out of that so how did you how did you and and your son dan get through that grief period to and, and reach this conclusion that we're really going to do something positive with this now? Well, that's a tribute to my wife. Because the one thing we both know is that she wouldn't want us to go into a depression state. You know, she would want us to keep moving forward. Plus, she was the, I always say this, you know, she was the closest thing to Jesus that I ever met. I mean, she... Angel she cared about everybody. She cared about everybody. As you told me once, she had a smile, she had a hand, she had a word, she had an ear for everyone. And all of that was what we were yeah. raised to be. You know, she, she, made, she made me who I am. Right. And she made Dan who he is. So what, that's why we said we need to give it to cancer now and give it to, you know, all these, there's like five or six organizations around the city that we give it to several of which helped joanne when she was ill absolutely yeah Yeah, we we gave it to uh what is it um god i can't remember them anymore the blood cancer Uh, institute blood cancer institute we give it to children's hospital we give it to ovarian cancer we give it to breast cancer yeah and you know it's 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 at the end of the day that day when when we did have a full full complement of people and that takeout and everything you're exhausted and you, you sit down and you look yeah. and you say, God, at least one day out of the year we did something good. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's be, really, people say, well, Bill, it's you. It's not, it, no, it's not me. I open the door. But the generosity is the community. Well, I think, you know, it come, always comes back to, to me, it always comes back to good attracts good. What you put out in the world comes back to you. So, you know, one of my favorite lines is you can get bitter or you can get better. And obviously, you have chosen, with the terrible loss of friends through 9-11 and the terrible loss of your wife, to make the world better. And where does that motivation come from? Because it's a choice. You, it's a choice. Whether it's a conscious or an unconscious choice, it's a choice to create something positive. So where do you think that comes from? One, it comes from my wife. Two, it comes from you know, what, how I grew up. You, know, you were taught. You were put on earth to help people. That's what your job is. And you don't think about it, you just do it. Right. You know, and so, but that's who she was. That's who, for 34 years, I lived with a saint. And that's what she, you know, hit us over the head with every day. <laughs> and my religion, you know, I mean, what, what else is there in life if you can't help somebody? Ah, oh, that's awesome. You know, that, that's, I mean. There's our, and, there's our headline right there. No, what right, else is no, life if you can't help somebody? Right, I mean, I mean if you think about it. I mean, with, you know, you, yeah, you lost your wife, but so many other people have so much more that they lost or, or, or suffering with even worse things than that. And again, you know, she, she's with me every day. She's with me every day. I, I've never thought she left me. So, 
and I, a few times there's been some lightning bolts that have come down from, from up there <laughs> to, to wake me up. Well, what's, <laughs> but, what's fun about it, uh, too, as kind of an outside observer who's, who's somewhat connected with, with all this, is going back to the basketball era, the way that the basketball community in Colorado is a pretty tight-knit community, and the way that they've embraced this event and how it's always the coaches for cancer is kind of the preview leading up to 9-11. So talk about that. Talk about how you know the basketball community has really embraced well, this well, too. Well, I don't know how many years ago we did. We started doing the coaches for cancer about three or four days before uh, we did our 9/11. Right. And we sent out letters to all the college coaches in the area, whether Division One, Division Two, it didn't matter. And everyone showed up from Wyoming, CSU, down Colorado College. You know, I mean, as far away as... Our, our San Antonio uh, affiliate would make an appearance every yeah, now and yeah. again. Uh, uh, luckily, uh, Doug Moe would be in town, yeah. and, and that, you know, he would, he would make sure he was here. But everybody came. And the, the point of not only was to, to kick off our 9-11, right. but we thought, I thought it was a great idea to get all these guys together before they want to kill each other on the, you know, when they, when they play. Right. Not that they do that. But, you know, before they had to compete against each right. other. And they, they, they could sit around here and just talk about anything they wanted. Right. And it was for a great cause. And, and they've, they've supported this, this, again, unbelievably. And it was, it was always, it attracted a lot of great media attention yep. and brought, shed a light on 9-11. Yep. So it was, it was just a cool circle of life moment where bringing the background of basketball back into it and how do we take that and serve this greater cause. Yep, well, exactly right. So you have to be super excited that your son Dan is now back in Denver as yes. the new men's coach at Metro State University. And But more importantly than that, um, I've seen Dan grow up since he was a teenager. To see him take on this role of understanding how important service is and how important helping others are he serves as the president of the Joanne B. Ficke Cancer Foundation. So, you know, how, how, what, what have been Dan role, Dan's role models? And, and just talk to me about how proud you are of, of how he's carried on well, Joanne's I to, legacy. I hate to keep saying this, but his mother was his role model. Yeah. His mother instilled this in him. But he also went to Regents High School. And their motto is men for others. And they drill that into those kids. So we had his mother telling him, he's had me telling him, and he had Regis High School, and he, he, he understands it, and he lives it, and he loves to do it. Yeah. You know, he, I mean, really, he, he's taken it on himself. And to see the maturity in him, uh, especially since he became a head basketball coach, and, and also the school where he was, Belmont Abbey. I mean, yeah. very active in you know, helping others and, and instilling that in, the, in his basketball team and, and in the people that he, he's around. So, yeah, I mean, I'm very proud of him. Very, very proud and of him. And it was always so cool that no matter where stop he was in his career, whether it was Belmont Abbey or Wake Forest or, or any of the other spots he's been, whenever, always in December, Dan would come back to physically give your grantees their checks well because that, that's a great day when you're that giving out that, when you're giving out all that money to everybody right. that's when you go back and again you realize wow we we are doing something really worthwhile here yeah i mean uh, to me you know, people would say well the end of the end of 9-11 is you know you feel really great but you don't feel as great 
until you give them those checks. Yeah. And you know they're going to help a lot of people. Right. I mean, that's what it's about. Do you have any uh, favorite stories from 9-11s over the years that really stick out? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, what, one, one that always, always sticks out to me is uh, this friend of ours. He, he gives his two kids an allowance, and they have to split it up to three things. They have to save for, for long term. They can use it. They can use it for immediate, and then they got to give to God, their church or whatever it is. And one nine eleven, those two kids came in. We have our bucket out, right? And they put all that God money in, into the into the foundation. Wow! And that and then there was another young, like ten, twelve years old. The parents brought him in, and she had gone around the neighborhood and collected. Wow! For big bills, nine eleven for the nine eleven thing. Wow! I mean, those those always stand out, always stand out. So again, I, it's it's awesome to think of how a small pizza place has got ripples across an entire community and an entire state. Because where this money goes, explain how, why you're so passionate about it, staying in Colorado to help people here. Well, again, be, be, we want it here because the people in Colorado are the ones donating it, and and the cancer organizations that we give it to are doing good, great work. With the, with people that come, there's there's two of them, and I, I again I I can't think of the names right now, but we give that money to them, and it, it's the, the blood the, the blood one where they go they're gonna get stem cell transplant or blood and then they're in right. the hospital, right? And and they're coming from the mountains or they're coming from far away, and they don't have enough money to their spouse to get a hotel, right? Or or to pay their electric bill right. or things like that. So all they have to do in that in this one hospital in Saint it's Presbyterian St. Luke's, they just go to the social worker and the social worker hooks them up with that charity with that, that right. uh, charity and they get get money. Right. Then there's also one one of them that is in every hospital in the city, around around Denver. Right. And it's the exact same thing. Right. So you know we're helping people not just you know by by research but right. we're also helping people that are in desperate need to be able to get there get their uh, uh, help yeah because that's one of the unseen parts of it you see the person who's physically suffering with the cancer but that rips across a whole family and that family needs a support as well exactly okay. um, you guys live that one unfortunately yep yep yeah. Well, I'm change gears here, and uh, to wrap things up, we, we've got what I like to call the Fab Four. So these are our, our last four questions. <laughs> so tell me something that you will listen to, read, or watch today. Something I will listen to, read, or watch? The Avalanche. That's... <laughs> yep, NHL playoffs are, are yep. underway. The Avalanche started... Yep. We yes. always root for the Avalanche. Yeah. What are you watching on Netflix right now? You got a show? Um, or you're into no, all the Amazon Chicago's. Prime. A Amazon Prime, Bosch. Bosch, okay. Well, new, they've got 10 new episodes. Ah, nice. Bosch on Amazon Prime. All right. Um, I think I already know the answer to this, so I might phrase the question a little bit differently. Other than Joanne, who would be a role model for you, or who has been a role model for you in making our world better? Bobby Caton, when I was when I was <laughs> when I first moved here, you know, several years. Well, really, in the '80s, when my son was born, I had met Bobby in about 1978, and uh, I watched him all the way up. To, I had a son in '86. Dan was born in '86. 
But the thing I, I, I loved about Bobby, one, he's, he's a basketball coach. He'd been a basketball coach for 30, 40, 40 years, and he cares about those kids. He cares about that they're taken care of. When one of the schools that he coached at, he, he would drive them home after practice. They would stop. He'd get make sure they had food and all this. Stuff. And he's not a millionaire. He's, you know, he's making a teacher's salary, you know. But he and his wife would go out of their way to help, you know, people. And and then I saw how he raised his children. Because, I, I, you know, me, I, I'd say to my wife, Dan would be like three years old or something. I said, "Oh, come on! I'll take him for the day." Right. And I drive right to Bobby's house. <laughs> I drive right to Bobby's house, and his two kids were—they might have been like six or seven—and they would take care of Dan while Bobby and I watched it. But I watched uh, how, he, how he did that, and I—and I really, in all my decisions or all my thoughts, when anything happens, that when I'm dealing with my son or, or kids like that. It's almost I sit there and go, what would Bobby do? Oh, that's awesome. And that, so, yeah, I'd have to say he's been a big influence. And Coach Caton played at CSU, CSU and then has been a prep hoops coach in Colorado for yep. a thousand so years. Ever. Super he, successful. No, but it, what he, how he cares about the people that he, that he coaches and, and not only that, just people yeah. in general. That's, that's what I get out of Bobby. That's fantastic. So other than all of the cancer organizations that you support... What is an organization that you admire who's out there making our world better? I'd say the Harold and Carol Pump Foundation in, in California and all what they, what they do now with, with the, all the different things with, with cancer at Northridge Hospital. Um, they have a women's center now. They, they have an infusion room. Right. They, they, they bring in like three or 400 people a year to get, to get the, the, you know, pre-tests and, and that for breast cancer and they, they have they have transportation for them to get there and they are really making a difference in, in the community out there wow and that's one that's almost that has to be kind of a role model for starting up your right. foundation well, that's what I mean, that, when I first got involved with that I had no idea you know what really I knew oh, it's a cancer foundation right. and this and that right but then after five years and you see you see how many people you helped yeah. Just by the things that, that, that it did. And in and, and the, and the same way with, with us, you know, one of, the pe- one of the people that we give, or the organizations rather, is Colorado Cancer. Can- right. Can- Cancer, Cancer League. League of Colorado. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, the president of that calls me up one day and he said, Bill, you know, we give him like fifteen or $20,000. And you really sometimes you sit there and go, how does that help? I mean, you know, all these guys researching cancer right. cost hell of a heck of a lot more than that. And he said, Bill, I just want to let you know that donation you gave us this year got a guy a million three uh, donation from someone else. So it's the waterfall so it's, effect. Right, it's like, exactly. Wow, and that's when you, you realize it doesn't matter how small. Right. doesn't matter. So we tell that to people when they come in. Right. You know, if, you, if all you got is $5 or 50 cents or whatever it is, we appreciate it. Yeah, it, that five dollars might lead to who exactly, knows where it'll lead. Exactly right. Right. So it's not it's not how big it is. It's to me, it's the reason why you're giving it. Yep. So lastly, if anybody wants to learn more about your foundation or 9/11, where should they go? That's a great question. Where should they go, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> they should go visit BigBillsNewYorkPizza.com. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes. Or the Joanne B. Ficky Cancer Fund. Or JBFCF.org. Yeah. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes so people, hopefully people will go and 
learn about the great work that you're doing and uh, just grateful for your time today, Bill. Thanks so much for being here and keep it going. Thank you, Jay. You're the best. Thanks for listening. Full disclosure, Big Bill is on my personal Mount Rushmore of people who've impacted my life and I'm proud to have helped them with the 9-11 Day of Giving since the beginning. If you're interested in how I might be able to bolster your efforts and help you achieve your goals, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can find me at makingourworldbetter.com. Check the show notes for contact information for Big Bill. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better. Mm